This is the Final Whistle podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. The final score, Wrexham 3, Borehamwood 1. I'm Mark Griffiths from Wrexham AFC and you know what? As you may have heard me say once or 16 times, this is the oldest football podcast in the world. Started it in 2005 when Ben Foster was just a child. In fact, Ben Foster was playing in the first game we covered with the podcast, which was the LDV Vans win. So, yeah, we started off with a trophy win. And yet this, at last, 18 years later, is my first chance to describe a promotion being secured and indeed a title being won. Thank you, Robin Ryan. This was just, ah, uh, man, crazy. At last, at last, we've done it. It's been a, it's been a long time, but wow. Typically, we did it Wrexham style, with drama, and ultimately panache. So, Phil Parkinson named aside with one change because Jacob Mendy was fit to start and so Anthony Ford did very well of course filling in at left back in midweek but I think it was always likely he'd use an orthodox left back if he could the atmosphere pre-match was unbelievable absolutely unbelievable the march into from t- up the, the hill to the ground really revved people up and, and inside the stadium, yeah, it was crackling. It was absolutely magnificent. It was joyous. It was intimidating. It was raucous. It was a real test of Borenwood's spirit and resolve. And after 45 minutes, they were winning. Five seconds, rather, they were winning. Crazy, crazy start of the game. Wrexham putting the ball over out for the throw on the left-hand side. And then won it back, and Dolby, well, he was unlucky. Mullen made a fabulous run, which actually, when you look back at it, encapsulated a lot of what had happened throughout the game, where he'd managed to get Evans isolated and deeper than the other members of the Borenwood back three, and had made a lovely run to give him the slip. But unfortunately, the little kink in his run that made it so nice, he executed just as Dolby played the ball to him, so it went down the wrong channel. Borenwood knocked it back up the pitch. Long ball team, looking to get the ball into our half. It dropped into midfield where there was a a scrap for the ball and George Broadbent launched it forwards over the Wrexham defence. The back three caught out, really. Uh, Toza let the dangerous striker, Leon Lavu, run off him, which caused an issue. And then O'Connell stretched and committed himself thinking he'd be able to intercept and couldn't quite reach it with hindsight I'm sure he'd rather he stayed on his feet and although he wouldn't have beaten Unlodru to the ball he would have at least forced him wide this left Unlodru completely clear with Foster isolated nothing longer Foster's positioning it's just the the defence didn't cut the ball out and Unlodru quickly made the right decision lifted it over the keeper and it was 1-0 to Boreham Woods startlingly. Like I said, we, we don't do things in a straightforward manner at Wrexham. We, it's just not in our DNA. But 
the response was excellent and immediate because Wrexham immediately just started to get at it, started to move the ball forwards. Uh, a key element of that game, which I already alluded to slightly, was already beginning to reveal itself. So Boreham Woods played the same system as Wrexham, essentially, in matches up. That's going to emphasise the individual battles on the pitch. And I'm struggling to think of the last game where those individual battles were quite so crucial because there were some key areas of the pitch that we dominated completely. The most important ones, the flanks. Barnett on the right-hand side against Femi Lasanmi. And then on the other side, uh, we had Jacob Mendy against Erico Souza. <laughs> the two Wrexham players absolutely devastated the two Bournemouth players. Neither of the Bournemouth wing-backs could cope with the Wrexham wing-backs. I mean, Barnett was just spectacular. He was tearing down Pastel and Sanley and, and delivering balls into the box. He was terrifying him. Bournemouth didn't really rectify it, didn't really make an effort to get players across to double up. Certainly not often enough. And so Wrexham had a great avenue down there. And on the left-hand side, well, I mean, pretty much every time Mendy went to poor Souza, who had a stinker of a game, Mendy got something out of him, whether it was beating him and getting a crossing, whether it was a corner or a throw-in for Toza. It was remarkable to see these two enormous mismatches. And Boreham was the best defence in the, the, the league. Quite frankly, really didn't look it. Uh, th those areas of weakness were a problem. They defended him from the very outset really nervously. I, I, I hate to say nervously. You can't read players' minds, but they certainly were awkward, should we put it that way. You know, in the first five minutes, a couple of just hacked clearances that nearly went wrong as Wrexham were putting the ball in and putting pressure on. Um, and what I alluded to earlier, which would come to fruition more in the second half, Evans, who's a, a proper National League big stopper, he's been around the block. Um, we've seen us once before under Dean Keats exploit his lack of pace and slowness on the turn when he was playing for Chesterfield. And on this occasion, he just played a bit deeper when Borough were pushing up than the other two centre-backs. Whether that's because he felt a bit insecure about his lack of pace and was aware of what Mullin could do if he was isolated. No, but he was isolated himself, so that was another big individual battle. And Mullin came to completely dominate it. So anyway, chances started to happen. Lee in the third minute, whipping in a corner under the bar, toes it. An awkward however, header, close in, inside the six-yard box, but having to stretch sideways to reach it. Couldn't keep it down, put it over the bar. But in the 15th minute, Wrexham got the breakthrough, which was fully deserved, and it was a nice move. It starts off with Mullen turning away from Evans and popping the ball out wide. James Jones helped it on to Ryan Barnett. And, oh, again, like I said, Barnett has Lasagne on toast. He just burst past him. Whipped in a perfect cross to the far post. Where, well, actually, if you look at the replays, you can see Agmonta Homer, the right-sided centre-back for Boreham Woods, sees that Lee is attacking the far post and tells Souza, who's just... Yeah, I mean, to be frank, standing there on the corner of the six-yard box in the far post, he, Agbonta Homer tells him, watch him. And he does, literally watch him. 
as he runs past him and heads the ball unmarked from about five yards out into the net. It's shocking defending, shocking defending. But it's also got to be said, they're having to deal with a lot of high-quality pressure. The passing from the cross from Barnett, as always, had lovely shape on it, was put into the right sort of area for a player to attack. And, you know, with that sort of consistent service always coming in, there are going to be points where you break down. And Lee just made a great run, simple header, bang, we're equal. And Wrexham continues to push on with a shout for a penalty in the 20th minute. Um, now, you know, far be it for me to criticise National League referees, but thank the Lord we've only got one more game under them. Uh, Scott Jackson on this occasion, I mean, there was a lot of time wasting in the first half and, he, and two physio breaks and he only has it on two minutes, which is utterly embarrassing. He lets Bournemouth get away with a lot of physical stuff. Both those uh, miserable wing-backs on the day committed fouls on their Wrexham wing-backs that were, were clear yellow cards, but Jackson was really determined to keep his cards in his pocket, and so he didn't deliver. I mean, if those two players were outmatched anyway, I'd actually be having to play on yellow cards after 5-10 minutes. Wow, it could have been real carnage. But this one, hmm, I don't know. It, it, it was. It, it could have been given, let's put it that way. It was a corner that was cleared, long ball played back in by Barnett, and Dolby, standing in the box, back to goal, starts to jump, and then is hit in the back by Evans, who gets up and heads it clear. I felt at the time, did, Barnett, did Dolby try to challenge? If he just made a back, it's not a foul. But he did try to challenge with the ball. He did take off and was unable to get close to it because Evans brings his straight arm down over the top and hits him in the neck where his neck meets his shoulder and batters him to the ground so I would argue a fair chance that that should have been a penalty um, I think it's just a matter of the amount of force the referee judges it to have been uh, the game though started to turn after about 20 odd minutes and started to get broken up and this suited Bournemouth just fine they they got better as the half wore on as I always say it was a clash of styles and when you play a long ball team whoever imposes their style of play will dominate for long periods long ball teams break the play up they, they make it stop start they have lots of restarts and they knock the ball forwards purely to keep you in your own half and when they're doing that and getting that going that rhythm going it stops you getting your passing rhythm going and you struggle then to get bodies into their half and that was exactly what happened although a chance that they carved out just before our half hour mark shouldn't have happened because again Mullen on the halfway line spinning past his man was clearly fouled nothing was given the ball was fed forwards to Zach Brunt, who was a fizzing shot from about 25 yards, which had Foster worried. He stretched and leapt. It fizzed just over the bar, fortunately, for Wrexham. Wrexham soon afterwards, though, were putting pressure on. Lee sweeping in a free kick from the right-hand side. It's headed clear. Barnett puts it back in there, and Mullin, supreme skill, 15 yards out, takes it on the chest. And as it drops, spins and hits a glorious scissors kick, which goes just wide of the post. It was brilliant improvisation, superb skill, and having looked at the highlights, or edited the highlights, might have been a penalty, you know. I'm not sure. Have a look for yourself. Work it out. He spins. He hits it. Evans has stood off him and allowed him to do it. 
And when the shot comes in at him, he raises his hands up into an unnatural position. His hands are up to the sides by his head, like he's in steps doing tragedy. And, uh, God, that was an awful reference. And, I don't know, because there's only one replay. So I'm not sure. It looks like it deflects off his hand and was going on. It was going on target and deflects off his hand and goes to his wide. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's Nobody asked for it. But shows, I think, just how minimal the contact must have been. But if it is harm in that position, that was it's a penalty, I would argue. Anyway, Bournemouth came back at us in this sort of frantic spell around the half-hour mark. And there was a, a half-chance for Ellis and me, ironically uh, enough, getting forwards. Agbonto Homer standing in a cross and Ellis and me attacking it. Barnett couldn't beat him in the air, but did at least stand up and make him come over the top of him. And other Sandy couldn't control his header and put it wide. It was a presentable opportunity. The rest of the half, like I said, was stop-start and a little bit frustrating for Wrexham. We did have one moment of hope when the ball was knocked forwards and helped on to Mullen. And Mullen did well to drive down the left channel, but it was a difficult sort of... Uh, situation for a cross he tried it didn't really get hold of it properly and it was too straight and was was taken totally that came after Toza had made an excellent interception Wrexham after that initial goal was terrific at the back and Fred Cannon who made a brilliant run up the pitch with Bournemouth backing off and panicking but like I said Mullen couldn't find the proper angle for a good shot the last chance of the first half came for Bournemouth Wood and Lovu and Marsh who were I thought a, a decent attacking uh, pair, both physical, both quite quick, interplayed nicely and fed it out wide to Elisanmi, who burst round the outside of Barnet and then hits. Well, I'm not sure if it was a shot or a cross, but he struck it pretty well. And Foster had to be alert at his near post to get down and prevent it from sneaking in. So, second half begins, and Wrexham initially made the first chance. Toza's long throw, finding O'Connor unmarked about 10 yards out. But there was not a huge amount of pace on the ball. He had to manufacture it himself and he, he couldn't do it. He put the ball over. Then Bournemouth started to break things up again. And it looked worryingly like the second half might follow the pattern of the end of the first. Until in the 53rd minute, after a, a spell of pressure on Wrexham, we broke down the other end and scored the, the, the goal that gave us the lead. And what a goal. Lee gets the ball left-hand side and works it second hole to Mullin. He was right by out by the corner flag, and Bonto Homer has come with him. Now, when I've looked at some recent Bournemouth games, I felt that Bonto Homer could be turned a bit easily for a centre back. If you ran at him, he could sort of get past him without him really putting up a huge amount of resistance. This maybe was an example of it. Although I've got to say, it's lovely what Mullen does, but Mullen has always done this, but he did it so often today. Yeah, yesterday he just span his man. Just span him and left him eating his dust. Cut into the box from the left-hand side and struck the most glorious curling shot ripped into the net just inside the far post. I was privileged enough to have the best view in the house. I was right behind him when he hit it. And honestly, you could tell very early on after he'd struck it with his left foot, right foot, that it was a goal long before it hit the net because he'd used defender as a guide and also defender to block 
the view of the keeper Nathan Ashmore and then tore it round and you could see Ashmore was not going to have time to react in time and you could see that that shot was going on target great great moment great goal and the noise multiplied Wrexham were in, had that winning position within a minute we nearly got another one in fact frankly we did get another one but a linesman's error cancelled it out Cannon again coming forward to purpose playing a nice one two of Dorby in the D and Cannon cut inside looks to be pretty clearly fouled by Broadbent who stretched across him and clipped him the ball fell for Dorby who slotted it into the net but the whistle had already gone because the linesman put his flag up for offside I must be frank when I was commentating I didn't look up to check if he was offside I really didn't think that he was and I was right, having seen the replay, he's onside. That is just unfortunate, that. Um, but these things happen. But honest mistake, the linesman was on the... <coughs> the linesman was like a cut of the pitch, you know, and the stripes across the pitch, out of position. The, the cannon, the defensive line was on one line and he was on the other side of it. So, you know, unfortunately, he saw it wrong. The chances weren't coming freely but Wrexham now were comfortable I mean I've got to say Bournemouth didn't have any chances in the second half and I, I was wary at the time simply because long ball teams can be like that they just need that one decent ball in and they can carve you open but actually that wasn't happening Wrexham's defence was excellent we were keeping them at arm's length and we were pretty comfortable the, the work rate was remarkable the commitment to fight from the players was terrific the third goal capped it in the 72nd minute this time, it's Mendy knocking the ball forwards. Mullen is up front, it's only target. Bush steps up and attacks it really unnecessarily. He's left-sided centre-back. Whether it's just because they're scared of Mullen or just desperate to try and attack the ball. But he steps up from his position and jumps and misses it. It goes over his head and then Mullen picks her up and he's running at the last defender Evans, Evans back pedals, he's frightened of Mullin's pace, he allows Mullin into the box where Mullin fakes to go right on his right foot Evans buys it and Mullin with a real economy of movements just shifts the ball to his left, gets a sight of goal, hits it with a, a short back lift to catch Ashmore out and drills it with his left foot inside the right post, brilliant finish again, superb forward played by Mullin who apart from that wonderful work rate as always and his in ingenuity dominated Evans dominated all the centre-backs when he came up against them and wow got Davis two glorious finishes one with his right one with his left the guy's quite tasty oh and that's 47 goals for the season last day hat-trick and he equals Tommy Bamford's absolutely untouchable record can you believe that Wrexham kept going and we're only side making opportunities. Lee swept in a corner to the near post. Ashmore attacked it, but Agbontahoma on the near post jumped and flicked it beyond Ashmore's reach and inches wide of the far post. And then from that corner, O'Connell, O'Connor, beg your pardon, swept the ball in from the right hand side. We worked that corner one last time for, well, no, no, at the race course this season. Uh, Mullen just dropping off beyond the far post, but he, it arrived at a very tight angle. He had to hit it early and he scuffed it into the side netting. Bournemouth had made changes, 
each time I was astounded it was neither of the wing-backs coming off. They brought off both strikers, in fact, and I, like I said, I, I thought they looked good, but it didn't bring them anything up front. Denon Lewis came on. I've seen him a few times as a winger. Good player. Had no impact up front, though. And Danny Newton came on. Had a little bit, but was just scratching at the surface of our defence. There was one last opportunity. Lee, on the right-hand side, sweeping the ball in to the towards the penalty spot but Dorby's contact was too straight with his head and Ashmore saved easily Wrexham with a change with a minute left and it was Mullin being given a rest and the most glorious ovation Ollie Palmer came on and fair play to Palmer he put himself about a lot in the last minute and then the five minutes of added time and Fort like everyone made one good defensive header as Wrexham made it we had one last little storm to survive a couple of set pieces a free kick and a, and a long throw in from bush into the goal mouth dealt with them both comfortably and the whistle went and pandemonium broke out the fans on the pitch incredible scenes of celebration but they left the pitch quickly to allow the presentation to take place and we had oh just glorious scenes the players the owners everybody on the uh, just savoring the moment a brilliant brilliant moment <sighs> And Wrexham are going to go back in the Football League, where we ought to be. Brilliant. Looking through the performances, I was going to say, Foster had nothing to do, really. I mean, he, he couldn't be at fault for the goal. There were a couple of other chances that went off targets. That was it. And his quick delivery was good. Bournemouth blocked him off and managed to stop him on a couple of occasions. Ref allowed it. <laughs> See what I've got of things. Um, so yeah, quiet day for him. The centre backs were excellent, apart from that early incident when Toza rather fell asleep a little bit, and then O'Connell misjudged and lunged um, uh, when he maybe was better off staying on his feet. But apart from that, the back three was superb. Toza massive in the middle of the defence, still hasn't missed a minute of the season. Absolutely inspirational as a captain. Lots of dangerous long throws, lots of positive passing out to the flanks proper captain's performance O'Connell was massive you know so much goes into the box it's why the Halifax game was so odd because O'Connell actually looked very vulnerable in the Halifax game it was so unlike him because every other game he's played for us he just looks a cut above this level or maybe more than one level above uh, he just wins everything and against a long ball team well all three of them defended the box superbly uh, and a special mention to Tom O'Connor who I've got to say I'm getting a bit bored of hearing people talk about him as a stand-in centre-back. The guy's a centre-back or a midfielder. I mean, the way he's played these last few games at centre-back. All right, he's not massive, but he dealt well in the air and he loves to step in in front of his man to intercept and does it well and then can start a, a breakaway. Brilliant performance by O'Connor. The wing-backs, like I said, superb. I mean, right at the very start, Mendy was really in the middle of everything and scrapping and was clearly relishing the opportunity to play in this big game against his old team. Uh, he had a couple of moments where he could have let off shots and maybe it was a little bit uh, too um, polite. <laughs> There's a better word than that, I'm sure. My mind is still addled. But he'd passed up an opportunity. But, oh, he was excellent. And he, he really made Sousa... Uh, look embarrassingly short of quality and then on the other frank i mean barnett's arrival has re been remarkable who who would think that 
you could replace Anthony Ford and bring something new to the team because uh, Ford is such a good player. But my word, um, Barnett, just superb. Just his pace is terrific. He, he makes decisions well, and he was he was brilliant. He was brilliant. Fair play to him. As for the midfielders, well, James Jones was James Jones. He was just so hard-working, as always. Intelligent use of the ball, driving the ball forwards. Against a, a team like Boreham Woods, you've really got to get your your willingness to battle in midfield right. And Jones did that. Positionally, he's very good, I think, anyway, where you haven't got the ball. But he won a lot of tackles, made interceptions, and continued a superb end of the season by him. I've got to say, I enjoyed him last season. This season, though, he's taken it up a level again. And such has been the quality and depth of the Wrexham side that he's not always been guaranteed a game. He lost his place, of course, in the middle of the season. But he has been one of the outstandingly consistent performers this season for us. And he put in a dominant display here. Alongside him, Cannon did really well. I, you know if you've listened to these podcasts, there have been times when I've felt that maybe in the more physical games it doesn't suit him quite as much. And here we were against a very physical team, and he was superb. His tenacious play in midfield, nipping and winning balls, using the ball well, carrying the ball well. He split the, and Bournemouth would open for that opportunity that was wrongly disallowed for offside. A really masterful performance and kept the ball moving as always beautifully. And then Elliot Lee was Elliot Lee. I mean, what a player. <laughs> How has he... He's developed this deeper position into his own. He's got such work rate, such skill appropriate that he would get that early breakthrough that was so important. But again, he just was he just used classes, use of the ball, especially considering that Boreham Wood were really closing down the spaces in midfield was exemplary. And then up front Right, before I get to Mullen, Sam Dolby. We've got to talk about Sam Dolby. He he's got such an all round game, hasn't he? I mean, Boreham Wood centre-backs just couldn't get near him in the air. He dominated in the air. He's mobile, he's quick, he's aggressive. He really caused some problems. He was such a brilliant foil for Mullen. He was holding the ball up so well for him and really looked to take the strain off him. And they combined nicely. There was one lovely moment which didn't come to anything when Mullen just knew Dolby was making the right run into the left channel and flipped this terrific pass from a perfect weight and on the, from the left wing. And it's just they, they link up ever so well. They really do. Dolby was terrific, and the poor centre-backs never had a moment's rest because of him. But in terms of man of the match, I think you've got to look at the match winner. Mullen, all through the season, has turned up and been outstanding when we've needed him. When we haven't needed him, he still kept relentlessly scoring goals. Absolutely incredible. He's scored in 31 games this season, which is one short of the club record. Astonishing performance. The two goals, absolutely out the top draw. And you know what? This was how Wrexham do things, like I said. Drama, unnecessary fear. And then spectacular, passionate performance. And that ability to snatch uh, goals and bring in quality when required. Mullen encapsulates all of that and more. 
and I have not once all season used the H word because it's embarrassing. If you saw Good Morning Britain, you'll know exactly what I mean to introduce us purely on the basis of it's a, okay, I'm going to say it, Hollywood thing. I feel so dirty now because they're completely missing the point. This has nothing, nothing to do with Hollywood and everything to do with community, with heart and with, well, quite frankly, authenticity. Two owners have come in. They've genuinely wanted to do what's right to a community. They picked the right one and they have been there. Their love for us has been reciprocated and we've built something remarkable. A squad of players that the fans are in love with. A massive group of fans who love this team and mulling at the heart of it encapsulates that. Why is it no surprise that he's celebrating by getting onto the seats and leading the fans in a chorus of Super Bowl mulling? Why is it no surprise that the, the players desperate to get out there and do their lap of honour that they milked every bit of it and then afterwards we're out on the town because it's Wrexham's triumph as a city not just the teams yeah football players don't tend to do that they tend to go to their own little nightclub or whatever if, if, if that or they'll you know they could party whatever they wanted to but no they went into the town they are of this town and they've done us proud and the owners have done us proud because they get it this is not about Hollywood. This is just about heroics. <sighs> I'm going to lie down for a bit. I don't think I need to. With a final score of Wrexham 3, Borehamwood 1, which means that Wrexham are the National League champions with a record number of points for any of the top six tiers. Actually, not just five. I'm Mark Griffiths from Wrexham AFC and I'm very proud to say that this is the final whistle podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team